0: Official K1 podcast, K1 Battlecast. Oh, the slugfest! You'll get news, fight reviews, and fighter interviews. Oh, the awesome. of And now, your hosts, Michael Shaverow and Jonathan Sheehan. It's good night, Irene.
1: Welcome to K1 Battlecast, the podcast where we discuss all things in the K1 ring. In today's episode, we pick up where we left off last week, diving straight back into the interview between Michael Chavello and a powerhouse from K1's past, Stefan Lecco. Stefan discusses some of his most memorable victories in the K1 ring, and the two also talk about some of Stefan's heroes and delve into his fierce rivalries with some of the sport's biggest names. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview between Michael Ciavello and Stefan Blitzlecko.
2: Okay, now on K1 Battlecast, we head over to Germany to speak to a legend of K1. It is Stefan Leko. Stefan, great to be here with you.
0: Great to be too. How are you, brother?
2: I am good, brother. It's so good to hear your voice after a very long time. For those of you K1 newcomers who don't know Stefan Leko, he's a former K1 European Grand Prix champion, a K1 Dream champion, and a two-time K1 World Grand Prix Las Vegas champion, K1 World Grand Prix 2001 third-place winner, and also one of the only men in history to ever beat Peter Ertz, not once but twice, and to stop Peter Ertz twice. We're going to talk about all of that today, Stefan Leko So yes. it's great to have you here, brother. You know what? Let's let's begin with that. Let's talk about the two fights against Peter Ertz because these were probably the two wins you were most famous for against Peter, especially when you fought Peter in Las Vegas and knocked him out. What are your memories of fighting Peter in Las Vegas?
0: Yeah, memory of this fight is for me not so very really nice because, um, uh, Peter uh, is a friend of mine. You know, I trained with him like a couple of years before. We, we actually for this tournament in Vegas, we spar, we trained together, but nobody of both uh, both uh, don't think that we then we catch in the final together. You know, and um, for me it was a tournament. Uh, I have easy easy first fight, second fight. Also with Pira Arts have two hard fights, first one and. Uh, he wasn't 100% uh, in the final, you know. I think uh, when Peter was, uh, was more was more training out, he would fight better, I think, than, than he fought against me. But anyway, I win this uh, tournament and it was good uh, success for me.
2: It was a very famous win and one that gets shown on Highlight reels still to this day. Of course, you'd fight Peter again in uh, March 2003 in Saitama, where it was a TKO yes. win in the third round over Peter Ertz. Tell me about that fight against Peter in Saitama.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> the Peter was in this fight uh, more trained out and uh, uh, what happened is uh, bad luck in the uh, in, in, in third round. He had a cat in the, on the sheen and uh, he have to step the fight. That's why the fight was also good for me, but not good for Peter. But uh, was good fight, actually.
2: You know, I, I understand what you're saying because the legend of Peter Ertz, and Peter, for those that haven't met him, is one of the greatest human beings you will ever meet. He's such a beautiful human being. Anytime we see Peter Ertz get beaten, it's always a sad moment. And I can understand what you were saying, uh, being a former training partner of his as well. But uh, those two yes. victories did cement quite the legacy for you in K1. I also want to talk about your... K1 Dream Tournament win in 1991. You defeated Philip Gomes, Cyril Abidi, and Samir Benazouz in the final yes, in yes. Nagoya. Can you tell me about that tournament, Stefan?
0: Yeah, the first fight also I was injured in the in the first round against Philip Gomes. Um, I was block his low kick, and um, I have I have seen like Peter Arts in my fight in the first fight, and um, I thought maybe I will. Uh, I will not, uh, I cannot fight the second fight on a tournament, but uh, the Japanese want me in the final, you know, and they let me fight. That's why I win also second fight against Chul Abdi, and then finally, um, final fight against uh, Samir Benazouz in the final. Was good uh, experience for me also. But <clears throat> the tournament in in the Switzerland, 98, this was for me biggest experience. This was also, also, hardest tournament for, uh, in my career i think uh, because uh, i have the uh, cat on my eye in the first round and uh, and uh, i do second second to uh, last two fights uh, uh, i went by ko and that was for me the biggest experience in my career the tournament. So this was
2: uh, yeah, this was in Zurich, Switzerland. It was the K one yes, yes. 98. You beat Peter Mestrovic in the first quarterfinals. Yes, Ray Hoffman <laughs> of England in the semifinals, and then the Dutchman Rob van Esdonk in the final. You knocked out yes. van Esdonk, and you knocked out Hoffman. It was a, an amazing win.
0: Yes, for me, biggest experience because uh, I have to really fight in this tournament. I have no I have no easy fights. They are like. I mean in Vegas uh, opponents was good but uh, the 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 they have they all of them have hard fights and uh, have easy way to come to the final and win the tournament you know but in Switzerland I have I have to fight really I was really first first fight was four round with extra round yeah? second fight was KO and third fight the KO against European legend that's, that's for, that was, for me, the biggest experience of my life, really, this, it, this it, tournament.
2: It, it was amazing because within two years, you won two K1 tournaments, being the Dream Tournament in 99, <clears throat> the uh, <clears throat> European Tournament in uh, in 98. In 2001, you competed in the K1 World Grand Prix. It was an amazing event at the Tokyo Dome, 65,000 people, a very powerful yeah. lineup. You lost to Ernesto Hust in the quarterfinal. But then Ernesto was injured and couldn't continue. So you came back for the semi-final and fought against Mark Hunt. Tell me first of all about your fight with Ernesto in the quarter-final of the two thousand and one K one World Grand Prix.
0: Actually, it was funny, funny, funny tournament because um, after Ernesto, I I thought I'm I'm finished, you know, and I go I eat something and uh, I. With my bandage down, and I was ready to go back to hotel, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it was Kenny, my, Kenny, my, said, Hey, Stefan, you have to fight. So what? Yeah. And uh, is injured. You have to fight. And, and I put the, the old bandage on my hand and the uh, hand gloves and I go and fight against Mark Hunt, right? It <laughs> that was, it was so shocked for me in this, in this moment, you know. But, uh, in, in finally, my good fight against Hunt. Hunt knocked um, the knock, uh, banner in first fight out and uh, I make a three round against Hunt. was also a good experience.
2: You had two fights against Mark Hunt, of course. You fought him the following year in the K1 World yes. Grand Prix. You lost to him yes. by knockout. I, I want to ask you, how hard does Mark Hunt hit? Because we all hear the Mark. stories of Mark being one of the hardest hitters in kickboxing history.
0: This is true. He can take punch, which nobody can take. He 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 swallow all the, all the, all. It doesn't matter how you get him. He swallow everything, you know. It just don't just go don't go down. And um when he uh, when he knocked me out second fight, I give him red straight. He take him and give me a left hook, and I go down. I, I couldn't get up again. It was um, Mark Hunt is. For me, one of the biggest puncher in Caribbean series before.
2: Let me compare him then to another big puncher, Ray Sefo, who you fought as well. In comparison, how hard does Ray Sefo punch compared to Mark Hunt?
0: Uh, the both, the both someone. the both, <laughs> the boat, really, the, the board hard punch, and and the both can take a the punch. Uh, they're like animals. Oh, they're really hard, guys.
2: Do you I remember much about your win over Ray Sefo in 2006 in Osaka? You beat him by an extra round decision. Tell me about that win.
0: Yeah, this was um, a tactic, you know, and um, I don't, don't want to, um, the Kohamas tell me before, I shall not go fight against uh, Ray Sefo to, to take the punch and, um, and that's why I move a lot and uh, make my points. Actually, it wasn't boring find, you know. But that's, that was the way how I, how I can win this fight against Ray. Because uh, if I go fight against Ray, I, maybe I should lose. That's why uh, we fight on point against Ray. And that's why we win also.
2: Stefan, you always did remarkably well against hard-punching, hard-kicking fighters, even though you were one of the smaller fighters in stature. I mean, as I said, you beat Peter Ertz, you beat Ray Sefo, you beat Mighty Mo. So you know you fought Mark Hunt twice and took Mark Hunt to it to a to a very uh, good decision win as well. You gave him a tough test. You also beat Mike Bernardo in two thousand and three by decision, and That's- Mike Bernardo was was a furious boxer. What was that experience like in that fight when you beat Mike Bernardo in Basel, Switzerland in two thousand and three?
0: Yeah, actually, actually, I was used I used to to fight against heavy guys. You know, I was always ninety five kg and. Uh- Old Naro fighter was 120, like Lebana or Bernardo was also 110 kg. Uh, Peter, everybody was taller than me and, and stronger. You know, and that's why um, I train a lot of cardio and uh, I run a lot and uh, I made my condition because if you lightly, you have to have good condition to make pressure to the to the big guys. You know, because the big guys doesn't have so much area. You know what I mean?
2: Right. You, you yeah. fought you fought the powerful Kyokushin superstar Francisco Filio also in two thousand and three exactly, in Osaka. Exactly what I say. And you yeah. beat him exactly. by decision.
0: Exactly what I say. Always pressure. If you if you lightly, we have a lot of condition, we make big pressure, and then big guys they can they can go with they can go with me with my pressure, you know. That's why um was for me actually easy to fight against big guys always.
2: Yeah, you always had speed. Especially, I have problem
0: again, guys. Yes, exactly speed and speed and if if you if you if you attack the, the, the your opponents, you you always don't get any punches back. You know that's why it was always that's why my tactic to have good condition, very uh, really good train for the fight, and give my give everything what I have. After you
2: lost to Mark Hunt in two thousand and two, you went on one of the greatest runs of your career. You had a win over Peter Ertz, then over Great Kusatsu, then over Mike Bernardo, then Francisco Filio, then Sebastian van der Moosenberg, then Kazunari Murakami, then Florian Ogunde, and then a win over Bada Hari.
0: What was the question?
2: Uh, I'm going to say it was one of the greatest points of your career. The win over Bada <laughs> Hari in 2005, I know it wasn't K1. It was at it's Showtime in Amsterdam. But uh, that was an amazing win because at the time, Bada was strong. He was coming up quickly, and and you knocked him out in one round. What do you remember about the fight with Bada in Amsterdam?
0: Well, it was, uh, it was a fast fight. You know, he, he attacked me, and uh, he, he risked too much, and uh, he gets some uh, spinning back kick in, in the liver, and uh, he go down. And the uh, second fight in Japan, what I lost against uh, that fight, I was also better and uh, I win all, more, almost the almost fight, but uh, doesn't I don't care. Uh, no, 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 I don't care. <laughs> I don't be careful in, in the last round of the fight and uh, and he punched me with this, uh, turn, to, how was the name? Turn, the the turn Sp- spinning hook kick? Spinning hook kick, exactly. Yeah. To, to my chin and uh, go down, it was the best KO in my career, you know.
2: Well, I, I want to talk to you about that because I always tell people that for me, one of the greatest knockouts in history was when Bader knocked you out in in Tokyo yes, with a spinning hook yes, kick. Yes. It was something like we see in a Van Damme movie. It was that type of yeah. crazy kick. Uh, but exactly. I thought I thought you were dead after it, Stefan. You were out cold. I thought you died in the ring. How badly injured were you from that knockout?
0: Actually, not nothing. Really? It was... I I got down and I get up. I, later I, I can't remember anything. I remember, I think uh, first uh, two hours after, that, right, I can remember something. Even then, I I thought I'm I'm in, I'm in Vegas. I don't know where I am. I don't know how <laughs> how is my name. I don't know nothing. You know what I mean? I was it was really bad. But it was for me. It wasn't that bad because if you don't know nothing, you you feel anything. You know? You
2: know, Stefan, you. Yeah, you you were there from early on in K1. I think you had your first K1 fight against Sadu Katsungrit back in 1997 exactly. in Fukuoka if I yes. remember. How, exactly did, right. K, how, how did you see K1 change from when you started fighting in K1 in 1997 to around, you know, 2006-2007? In that 10-year period, how did K1 change? Well,
0: I don't I don't know really. Change, they're getting always better. You know, people have more possibility, to have better training, and uh, the 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 old world is getting small. You know, and uh, K1 change a lot, but then when when they begin to changing the what's actually last K1 of 2010, it doesn't continue. You know, right? I think uh, I think uh, uh, glory now you can compare to to all K1 fights. It's my it's my thinking
2: you also fought the great Andy Hoog back in 1999 in Zurich you went to a yes. five round decision Andy won it tell me about mm. what it was like to fight Andy Hoog and do it in Switzerland in Andy's home country and what was Andy like as an opponent
0: uh, for me it doesn't go doesn't was big, big pressure because it was in Switzerland and it uh, was in my hometown you know and it was from Andy Hunk at the uh, for um, me, it was easy to fight, but not from Andy. <laughs> Andy was big pressure, you know. But this is, was also this is one of the best events where I what I fought before. It was this atmosphere, all the people, and uh, everything was crazy, really.
2: I want to ask you, Stefan. There have been so many great K one champions over the years: Peter Ertz, Ernesto Hu, Semi Schultz, Remy. Who do you think is the greatest? K1 champion of all time
0: that's what i want to say this is good question exactly this is good question for my for me the biggest the biggest champion who ever lived is Ernesto Hoost
2: i have to agree and you know why not only did ernesto hoost the- win the k1 grand prix four times You've also got to remember that he not, also won the K2 tournament. He won the K3 tournament. He was amazing.
0: No, not, not that's why. Not that's why because he win the tournament. Because he's, the, for me, the best. He, his name is Mr. Perfect. I lost three times against him. He, he always have some, some good uh, how, how to fight against which opponent, you know. And against me, I have no chance against him. Because he he knew exactly what he what he have to do against opponent like Lebana like me, like and second one is Peter Art. Peter Art's also in beginning, but Peter Arts uh, on the on the end he he fight not so good because he he, he have too much injuries, too too much he, he get too much punch in the hand and but Ernesto Hust is for me biggest ever. I mean nobody can close come to, to an S horse, not even nobody, nobody. And semi so, shield Semi just, shield is for example, Semi Shield is this is just big guy, nothing else. You know. Well that's I mean? the
2: argument, isn't it? Every time people say semi short was the greatest, other people say it's no, only because no. he was six foot eleven. If semi short was not Listen, six foot you, eleven, you, you it imagine, may not have been the greatest.
0: Can you imagine I fought I fight now against guys 70 kilo or 60 kilo. Of course I win always. Uh, Sammy Schiele wasn't compared to, uh, to to another guys because he was one I think 2 meter 14 yes I tra- I, tra- I trained with him in glory can fight can- even sparring you can even he-, he wasn't good kickboxer he only make left or right straight and knee that side and he get you down with with, with, with jab he get you down you don't get up anymore I yeah. trained with him I know yeah. that this guy was he wasn't he, he wasn't good he was just tall and uncomfortable to fight that's it
2: yeah he was tall and he knew how to use his height there are some tall exactly, fighters exactly. who don't know how to use their height like Hongman Choi was tall but he didn't know how to use his his height semi Ex- Schul exactly. knew how to use his height exactly but Ernesto who as you said was was like a a a kickboxing computer Ernesto Huse's yeah, exactly. iQ was was incredible wasn't it
0: Exactly. That's what I think. For me, it's Ernesto, biggest ever, biggest ever. Another guys like, like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna talk bad somebody. You know what I mean? But so many guys have luck. Uh, for example, Musashi was twice in the final against uh, against Boniaski. This was joke. You know what I mean?
2: I understand they there were two of the years people will say were two of the weakest K1 Grand Prix years in history
0: yeah exactly yeah and uh but Iessa who's for me the biggest one I mean the biggest with with big step the biggest you know what I mean
2: yeah Stefan I also Did want to that- ask you about uh another legend uh the late great Ramon Decker. Did you get to train with Ramon very much when you were at Golden yes, Glory? Yes, of course
0: He he was uh, when when I fought a great Kasatso, he was in my corner, you know, in Las Vegas.
2: Tell me about and, Ramon uh, Decker. What was he like, and what was it like to be a training partner and, and as a friend? What was Ramon like?
0: Uh, Ramon, uh, when I come to Breda, it was uh, year two thousand two. He was also he was already broken guy, you know. He he have so many he had two hundred fights. He was. He fight in Thailand, he was he was like how how saying English, he was fucked up, you know what I mean. He have knee problem. He was like some retired guy, you know what I mean? But how if how he punched, I think many heavyweight fighters don't punch like him. Like really hard. Nobody how heavy you are, he knocked you down. I spar with him, you know, right? I mean? And he wasn't in training, he was like just for just for fun he trained, you know. He, Ramon Decker is also like an nice as horse, you know. For me. Yeah, like you, in 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 a small weight, you know.
2: Yeah, you're talking about one of the, uh, but one of listen, the legends. Listen, but
0: how, how we talk now about um, in general in general about sport, you know, like in general about boxing, kickboxing, everybody like biggest Biggest, biggest legend for me is Ramon Decker. Not not not, not Mark Tyson, No Muhammad Ali. Ramon Decca is for me biggest idol and biggest legend.
2: And and I can understand that. And you know what, Mike you Tyson. What, what I, you,
0: you you're thinking like me. You know yeah. you understand what I mean? He's, of course. He's just the biggest legend whatever leave of this earth ever.
2: It's what not only do, for us.
0: What, how he fight, how many yeah. pain he have in the leg. What, uh, it's um, <laughs> unbelievable,
2: you know? It's not only for us kickboxing fans as well. Mike Tyson once said that all of his all-time favorite fighter was Ramon Decker. Yeah. Yes. So it shows you what yeah. high esteem Ramon was held in by not only the kickboxing and Muay Thai world, but the entire fight world. As you said, the entire sports world held Ramon Decker in, in tremendous esteem. Stefan, I'll, I'll let yeah. you go in a moment. I've got to ask you a couple of more questions. Yes. If all of your fights were lost, but only one fight video of your fights in K1 would remain for you to show your grandkids one day, which one K1 fight of yours would you want to show your grandchildren one day and say, "Hey, that's your grandfather there. That's what your grandfather could do." Which one fight?
0: I don't have even child.
2: <laughs> <laughs> show someone else's <laughs> grandchild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I I hope next year, you know, but uh, <laughs> funny. Listen, uh, I think for many fights, not. Uh, listen, I think like, I I'm, I'm, I I think always fight, but I have easy way, like against Pira in Vegas. That's for me nothing. That's nothing. That's not for me great fight. For me, it's great fight where I have to fight, but I have injury. I have to fight a couple of rounds more. Have you, have you fuck, my, fuck me over to, to you don't say what I mean? That's for me great fight for that, what I was saying in my mind. But like, uh, how I say, like in Switzerland, 98 is for my biggest, uh, biggest remember, what I remember, what I like to remember of these fights. But another fight against uh, against Vegas, that was easy way to me. It wasn't nothing special, you know?
2: It, you have provided us with some of the most magnificent memories in K one history, Stefan, and I thank you for it. And uh, I thank you for taking the time to Please, talk to me today. Listen, 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 listen I would, yeah,
0: li- I would, I would, li- I would like what happened. I d- what happened to Peter's this fight in Vegas? I and so and so. Sorry, that that not happen to another fight. Not not exactly to Peter, that's my friend. You know what I mean? That was for me. And that's why I never was proud of this fight, you know.
2: That is really interesting. That is the first time yeah. I've, I've ever heard that, and I appreciate it. I'm sure Peter will be listening, yeah. and he'll appreciate yeah. it too. And the beautiful thing about Stefan back in the days of K1 was that you guys would get in the ring and beat each other up, But afterwards, you go out and have a drink. You go to Rapongi, you go to the sports bar, you'd be in the hotel lobby having a drink, laughing together, eating together, hanging out together. This was the beautiful thing about K1 it was business inside the ring, it was friendship outside the ring.
0: Yeah, but not with everybody. Come forget (laughs) it. Not not, not with everybody. You know what I mean?
2: I remember some of the rivalries. I I remember. You know what? I'm going to ask you one more question here about, about somebody else. Um Remy yeah. Bonjasky, tell me about Remy as an opponent and your fights against Remy and your experiences with Remy Bonjasky.
0: I don't want to comment this this you know what I mean
2: yeah I what think he was I one say? of the guys what, you might be talking sure? about
0: yeah what I should what I should say you know what I mean it is I'm always bad guy on the hand you know yeah I, 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 I think like sportsmen and I fight like sportsmen Another guy doesn't he he come to to act in the ring and, uh, and uh, some acting, uh, yeah. Better I don't talk about this, you know. It's not <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it, you know.
2: Then one more guy I've got to ask you about before we go because you fought him twice, Alexei Ignashov. And yes. for me, Alexei was a brilliant fighter but was never really realized his full potential. I think he was a little bit of a wasted talent. Alexei could have been so much better than what he was. Tell me about That's, fighting Alexei twice, in particular when you beat him in the K1 World Grand Prix in 2002. Tell me about that.
0: Alexei, he was really big talent, potential and talent both, but he had uh, parted life, you know. He drank too much vodka and yep. was was seriously trained. That's was problem from Ignasov, exactly this. I know that from his manager, he told me always he's not right in training and I, th- I think this is right, though. He,
2: no, I, he, I agree. He, and I think it's it's fairly common knowledge. Listen, that, listen,
0: yeah. listen, only guy, only guy which never drink, always concentrate, always 100% was Ernesto Hust. Yes. This is, you yes. hey, must say that, he never drink after the fight. He never do something. He was always prepared for the fight 100%, like really professional. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that's, and I, that's I agree. That's the best. Yeah, I spent a lot of time on the road in many countries with Ernesto, and you're right, I never saw him party, I never saw him drink. And that yeah, doesn't mean certainly. he was a boring person, because he's a wonderful human being, he's great to talk yeah, to. Yeah, of course. He was my co-commentator yes, many times, um, but yeah. there's a reason why they call him Mr. Perfect. And as you said, it's exactly. not only because he's perfect inside the ring, there's a level of perfection to him outside the ring as well.
0: Oh, exactly, exactly what I say. Enesto is actually man idol you know what I mean? He was really hundred percent always. This is uh, how 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 fighter have to be, you know, like this, like Enesto. But it's uh, difficult if you fight fifteen years on the on the on the big stage, you know. Then it's, it's for another fighter, is this all pressure what you have uh, from everywhere, you know? To to concentrate to be always uh, of the point point hundred percent it's not easy, you know what I mean? When Enesto you do it always,
2: Stefan. This has just been the most wonderful trip down memory lane. Thank you, brother, for joining me all the way from Germany today. It's been wonderful having you on the K One Battlecast. And you know what? We'll do this again. I look forward to talking to you and of course, interviewing uh, I'm again. I'm
0: always, I'm always, I'm always available for you. Call me and we talk always.
2: Thank you, brother Stefan
1: Leco from Germany. Much love to you.
0: I appreciate it. Okay, brother.
1: Well, everyone, that's a wrap for today's episode of K1 Battlecast. We certainly hope you enjoyed Michael's conversation with Stefan Leko as the two of them went over Stefan's extraordinary journey in the K1 ring. We hope you tune in next time. We'll be revisiting Peter Ertz's back-to-back K1 World Grand Prix victories in 1994 and 95, And we'll catch a couple excerpts from Michael's chat with Peter's legendary coach the unparalleled maestro of Dutch kickboxing, as well as Muay Thai, the inimitable Tom Herink. And remember, we bring you new episodes every Friday, diving into some of K1's most pivotal moments in their 30 plus year history, as well as feature exclusive interviews with big name fighters from K1's past, present, and who knows, maybe even the future. Also, please feel free to follow us on Facebook and X and send your burning K1 questions to our official email. Maybe you could be the next person featured in our listener mailbag when we go over K1 questions that people want to hear about. Okay, that does it. I promise we're getting out of here right now. You ever have one of those conversations with a friend that you're like, all right, I'm leaving now. Uh, I'm leaving now. Uh, Okay, we're going now. It kind of feels like that sometimes, you know, when you're trying to wrap something up. But okay, I promise we're actually leaving right now. See you next week on Friday. Bye, everyone.